why you should shut your mouth, why you should discipline your child, and why the ideal woman isn't a woman. Welcome to Daily Gospel, equipping you to know God through His Word and His Son, Jesus Christ. My name is Keith, and this is Brandon. We are pastors uh, here in Santa Cruz, California at Gospel Community Church. Welcome. We hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Like, subscribe, comment. And what are we talking about today? Talking about Proverbs, part two. Oh, it is so good, Proverbs. Put, put your favorite proverb in there. Yeah, in the, comment in your favorite proverb. Those Proverbs, are good ones. What was the one we, we shared last week? Proverbs uh, chapter seven. Oh, is that the one the, about yeah, uh, get about wisdom? The, the, no, the, the, the one that men like. Well, that's right. Proverbs six nineteen is taken. You can't you can't share that one. Oh yes, that one. Yep, that's true. Yep. Sorry, man. Any anything else though? Go for it. No, yeah. Let's just let's just jump in. So Proverbs we saw last week. It's part of the wisdom literature. Yep. Um, and it it lays out for us the basic rules of wisdom, right? This is the the rules, the stri- straightforward stuff mm-hmm. for the most part. Yep. It does get a little bit complicated, but whereas Job and Ecclesiastes deal with more of the exceptions to mm-hmm. those rules and the, the nuance that there is with wisdom, Proverbs gives to us practical, you know, mostly simple ideas. And what we saw last week is it's not, this is not just a secular book. It's not just about how you can get wealth or have a happy life. It's about worship of God. So we saw Lady Wisdom, Lady Folly laid out in the first few chapters, this repeated theme of this woman who's seductive and entices people to death. Yes, exactly. And we saw that that's actually culminates in the picture of Lady Folly. So wisdom is a woman and, and folly is a woman. They're personified because they are enticing young men. Uh, at least, you know, folly is enticing them towards death, whereas wisdom is calling out and saying, um, you know, come into a relationship with me in order to have life. Yeah. So, and we saw that they're both on the highest places of the town. Folly and wisdom are in the highest places of the town, which is identified with the, the temple in ancient Near Eastern worship would be the highest place in the town. So we see this idea that wisdom is associated with God, with worship, with worship of yeah. God. Yeah. And so, and we saw that Jesus Christ is the ultimate uh, fulfillment of wisdom in the New Testament. So Proverbs, so that's the theology we've seen coming into Proverbs, the first basically third of the book. Right. So we're going to finish the rest of the book, and we're going to see a lot of kind of random, disconnected proverbs. Again, random for us. Maybe maybe God has you know a lot more structure than we understand, but for the most part, they're not in any sort of uh, order in terms of topics, things like that. Right. So um, we're going to look kind of at some different topics throughout the book, mm-hmm. and then we'll look at the end of the book and the woman that's not a woman. So right. we'll we'll look at that at the very <laughs> end, and it's very important for summing up the entire book. Awesome. So let's just jump in. So we, we left off in chapter 10. So I'm, I'm going to kind of deal with a few different topics. And we, cool. and you can, I'm sure you'll have ones to share that fit the theme as well. There, there's a lot of interesting Proverbs. So one thing we see is that there's a theme here uh, in chapter 12, verse 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. That theme is repeated a lot. Yeah, you constantly see that contrasted, you know. We oh. see we see again and again there, there's a way that seems right to a man, mm-hmm. but its end is death. Right. So this is the idea of you have to s- seek after wisdom, because otherwise if you follow your own heart, your own way, mm-hmm. it will lead you to destruction. Right. It will lead you to idolatry. Right. It will lead you away from God. So that, that's a big thing. We see, uh, you know, some of my favorite Proverbs I realized are actually about um, speaking and listening, hmm. about what we should do with our words. I, you know, Proverbs 10, 19 is a good one. It's one of my favorites. When words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. 
Yeah, I think I think the one that's awesome. I think the one that comes to my mind obviously is chapter seventeen. I think I think it's seventeen. Yeah. So seventeen twenty. Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. <laughs> he closes his lips. He is deemed intelligent. <laughs> so. This would have been great for for Eliphaz and Bildad and Zophar to know. Oh man! Right? If you just again, if you just shut up, just be quiet. You'll be good. So he's saying, just be quiet, just listen, and don't speak so much, and you'll be better off. This would have been a great intro for me. Because then I could have just seemed super wise. You could have been like... Just you just silence. staring at the camera? Yeah, then you'd be that's, like, why oh, are you so quiet? You seem so wise level. today. Oh. Yeah. Ooh, mind, mind games a lot. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so, so don't speak when you should be listening <laughs> right. is the idea. And I, I understand the idea of when words are many, transgressions not lacking. People have said to me, hey, you, you said something on Sunday that offended me. I'm sure in these videos we've offended some people. Maybe, maybe intentionally. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we say things and we offend people or we sin with our words, and so you have to be careful when you're speaking a lot. Yep. How about Proverbs fifteen thirty one? The ear that li- listens to life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise. Yeah. If you're listening to people that will correct you, mm-hmm. straighten you out, you're going to be one of the wise. Right. You're going to be a wise person. And so how, not, not just listening, the posture of listening, but how we listen is important, who right. we listen to. Yeah, and how, so we, how we respond, too. Fifteen one, a soft answer turns away wrath. A harsh uh, word stirs up anger. That's right. So, yeah, absolutely right. O- often, yeah, oftentimes I respond a little harshly. I feel like <laughs> we see the the <laughs> posture of a fool in terms of their language. Mm-hmm. Uh, Proverbs eighteen two is a great one. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. Mm. Yep. This one comes to mind a lot when I'm speaking to someone who will not listen. Um, but it's I'm sure it's true of me as well. Right. Right. You. I love this quote from Kevin Van Hooser that I came across this last week. He says, pride doesn't listen, it knows. <laughs> and that's that proverb, right? That I don't need to listen because I already know. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I'm amazed at how, you know, I have conversations with people who don't know things about Scripture, but who are so ready to push their opinion when they should be listening. And they're telling you to listen. Yeah. I'm like, wait, so what what books have you read on scripture? How much, you know, have you read through the Bible? Have you like what are your qualifications to talk about this? And very often the answer is not at all. Um, and of course, like even if you think you know more on the topic, you need to listen. You still need to listen to others because God can speak through, you know, infants yeah. and babes, right? I'm like, yeah. But, but yeah, but so often we have this posture and I know I can do it too of Thinking that we our opinion is what really matters. Everyone needs to hear us. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think if you're ta- talking about listening, like the whole point of the wisdom literature is that man's wisdom is finite, God's wisdom is ultimate. So even in our listening, even in our worldly exchanges, like we have to have in the back of our mind, those who are actually wise, who have received wisdom from God, need to seek that wisdom ultimately in God, not in ourselves. That's right. Um, That's right. And how we speak and how we listen lead us to life and death. Mm-hmm. Proverbs eighteen twenty one. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it mm. will eat its fruit. Fruits. So the the way we speak can bring forth death or life. It's mm-hmm. again that same big theme of the the whole book of how you live and how you worship um, will culminate in life or death. Yeah. And so even your words are a part of that, part of your your worship of God. And just one more good one on the topic of of speak speech and speaking. Proverbs 24, 26. Whoever, ki- whoever gives an honest answer kisses the lips. That's the whole thing. Cool. <laughs> whoever gives an honest answer kisses the lips. I love that. 
honesty is good. It's it's a pleasant thing. But I also think about that in the sense of how it. I, I know it's a different culture, so kissing was more of a familiar thing. But how would I feel if someone kissed me? Well, it depends on who does it, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe being frank and bold. Obviously, we should always be honest. Mm-hmm. But being really frank with someone can be a shocking thing. Right. <laughs> can be a wait, I don't know you, I, I don't, you know, I'm not going to receive this well because of who it's coming from. So hmm. it's a lot of wisdom and how we should use our speech. Another topic that we see a lot about is finances. We see a lot about money, how we should deal with it, right? Um, don't earn deceptive wages. Proverbs 11, 18 talks about be careful with how you get wealth. Um, but we see also the idea of generosity is so important. We see uh, Proverbs eleven twenty four. One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Hmm. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Yeah. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and one who waters will himself be watered. Right. So there's this principle of, and it's counterintuitive, but it's true in life of, if you're generous, if you're giving as a, as a person, then you're going to actually be prosperous. So it's and this is goes to you know the words of Christ. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Right. But give generously, and God very often blesses you in ways that you didn't expect. Right. Sometimes yeah. financially, I've I've seen that. Yeah. Financial financial blessings God can give to us uh, when we are when we are generous to others. Now again, we wouldn't like to make some sort of formula there of right. again that uh, bending machine theology, but that, that's a general principle. Yeah. That's laid out in the Book of Proverbs. This isn't exactly like, uh, this is along, you know, the lines of wealth, I guess. Um, 1910, it's not fitting for a fool to live in luxury, much less a slave to rule over princes. Obviously, you know, it's just speaking to the reality that fools, they, <laughs> if you're foolish, it does not lead to a life of luxury. And I think the slaves to, uh, doesn't, don't rule over princes, it's just an examination of like the heart. You know, it's another reality that it just is true, but, you know, by nature, slaves are not, you know, more wealthier than, you know. They're, they're masters, and yep. to be okay with that, I think, is something we should, you know, hold on to. Yeah, you know, very so. interesting. Yeah. Um, we see a lot about discipline in this, but we, we already saw that theme of the Lord disciplines those whom he loves yeah. in, in the opening chapters, but I, I love Proverbs 12, 1, one of my, one of my favorites. Yep. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof <laughs> is stupid. Stupid. Super dumb. <laughs> Just stupid. Yeah, don't re- don't avoid when God's correcting you, or when uh, really when someone else is correcting you. Mm-hmm. Someone comes along and they have some helpful advice. Embrace that, even if it's hard. Yeah, embrace that. Listen to it. We see a lot about friendship in the book. A big theme in the book is is friendship. Mm-hmm. Uh, chapter thirteen, verse twenty. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Mm. That was back in chapter one. Right. Don't get in the gang. Don't get the peer pressure thing, right? But right. who you are with will shape you. That's a, I mean, that's yeah. a simple principle of life. Mm-hmm. And that should be even more important as Christians to think, who is who's the people that have, who are the people who have the biggest influence in my life? Right. We absolutely should be friends with non-believers. Amen. Yeah. We should be reaching out to non-believers in a big way. But when it comes to who gives us advice, who gets to shape our lives, who has the opportunity to speak into our lives... It needs to be wise people, yeah. meaning believers. Right, exactly. Believers who have trained themselves through godliness to be wise people. Right. Yeah, amen to that. So, I mean, every every great topic of life is, is touched on here. We see a lot about work. Mm-hmm. Chapter 14 gives us a couple of great work proverbs. One of my favorites is Proverbs 14.4. It says, where there are no oxen, the manger is clean. <laughs> 
but abundant crops come by the strength of the ox. Right. You want to you save some money, you want to have less of a mess in your life, um, don't have an ox. Oxes, they take a lot from you, resources-wise. They cause a big mess. Right. But they also give abundant produce. Right? They, they actually bring a lot of blessing into your life. And so right. I see, I mean, I think there's a lot of ways you could apply this in terms of the things that, the tools that we have that help us. But I think one of the biggest things is the people in our lives. Very often, it's easy to, to look at those in your life and to say, oh, this person causes me a headache or this or that. You know, why do I need a plumber? Why do I need a this or that? Because look at all the problems. But think of how much blessing they bring into your life too. Right, yeah. And that's a, a big thing in the church. I want to see more people brought into leadership and to, to and trained so that they can be these oxen who are, who are working, who are making amazing, you know, uh, inroads with for the gospel in different areas, right? Often, you know, when as pastors, when you come to counsel, you know, the you know, membership of your church, uh, I often actually I often have people saying to me like how sorry they are to like waste my time with like counseling them. Like it's a, it's a weird thing. It's like, well, no, yes, I'm paid to do this, and this is what I'm giving my life to, but like. Like, this isn't just so that you get better. This isn't just so I get better at counseling. This is so that you can be a functioning, healthy person in the life of God's church, right? And so, like, you can go out and bless and be productive. And, you know, so it's that multiplication through hardship is in every part of life. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, Yeah, you're you're worth the the, the hassle. You're worth the mess. (laughs) And I I praise God that I have parents who saw me as worth the mess, that they would, you know, (laughs) have me and, you know, like, like deal with that in order because they believed in what God was going to do in my life. Yeah. So, so yeah, I love, I love the simple advice too. That's a little more deep. It causes you to think, but Proverbs 14, 23, very simple. In all toil, there is profit, but mere talk tends only to poverty. Mm. And this is a great, in your workplace, are there, are there areas or groups of people that just want to talk about what they would do or what they're going to do? Or maybe daydreaming or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I think worse is complaining about why they can't do what they should do. Right. Avoid, avoid that. Avoid just talking about stuff. Yep. If you're working, you're not working perfectly. There's going to be profit in it. Right. If you're sitting around talking, it's not, it's not helpful. Right. So obviously, some work consists of talking, like <laughs> pastors. Yes. But you know, don't don't take it that way. Obviously, but you got to got to get to work. You got to do the right things. I love, um, you know, just this idea of focus. One of my favorite Proverbs is also Proverbs seventeen twenty four, mm-hmm. which I've, I've quoted quite a bit. But just in terms of focus, what do you have your sights set on? And it says, the discerning sets his face toward wisdom, but the eyes of a fool are on the ends of the earth. Mm-hmm. A discerning person, a wise person, knows that they can find wisdom wherever they are. Right. So focus on wisdom. Focus on who God is making you into, who you can become. A fool says, when I'm over there, when I'm at this school, when I'm in this job, when I move to that place, when I have that then I will. Whatever, yeah, yeah, then I'm gonna be good. You look into the ends of the earth, something that's always future, always yet to come, mm-hmm. where you'll finally start to follow God and pursue wisdom. Right. No, pursue wisdom now. Focus on the right things. Um, we we can see you know talk of of blindness. Uh, Proverbs nineteen nineteen three is a good reminder mm-hmm. of how we can be blind to God and misunderstand God's purposes in our lives. Proverbs 93 says, when a man's folly brings his way to ruin, his heart rages against the Lord. Mm. How many times has this been true? Have you seen it in your own life or with your friends where you do something stupid, your life is messed up, and you think, why would God allow this? 
why would God allow this? When it's the direct result of your sin, very often. You're not Job. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe there's someone out there. But very often it's like, no, I did something dumb. I caused this, and now I'm angry at God because of it. Right. It's completely, completely backwards. So Proverbs gives us that right perspective as well. Hmm. A lot of talk about laziness. A ton of it. We talked about it a uh, you know, little the, bit. There's a, there's, yeah. a, there's a big theme of the, the fool throughout the book, obviously, but the sluggard is also... A, has a leading role in the book of Proverbs. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a big character, which we talked about a little bit, yeah, back in the last section. But, man, there's just some, there's some great stuff about the sluggard in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 22, 30, or Proverbs 22, 13, the sluggard says, there is a lion outside. I shall be killed in the streets. Right. Now, is there actually a lion outside? Probably somewhere. Yeah. There's, there's a danger outside that is causing me to live in fear and in laziness. Mm. Have, has there been anything in culture? In the, yeah, in I, the, so yeah, I would I don't call know. this, yeah, so is, this, is this ring any bells for anybody? I would call this the COVID excuse, okay? Yes. I, know, I know it's hard to hear, but I've talked to, talked to so many people that are young, healthy, they got no family member that they're even, they haven't talked to their grandparents, mm-hmm. and yet, uh, you know, COVID. I'm like, you're 20 years old, you're an Olympic athlete, right? Okay, this is not a real person, but you're you're in your peak physical condition, right? And you go to the store, you go to the restaurant, you go to you, you go you go all sorts of places, right? Out with friends, you hang out with friends, and you won't come to church, right? Yeah, you you're the sluggard, my friend. Yeah, and you don't even. I'm sorry, you're the sluggard. sluggard. You're an inconsistent sluggard. You're an inconsistent <laughs> sluggard. Yes. Well, that's the whole thing. Is it's it's an excuse, right? Does this sluggard go outside? Uh, probably when it fits his purposes, it's just an excuse. I love uh, concerning the sluggard, uh, chapter 19, verse 24. It says, The sluggard buries his hand in the dish and will not even bring it back to his mouth. You're so lazy, you can't even lift your hand to your mouth to do what is going to nourish you. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty bad, yeah. I love 26.16 with the sluggard. 26, the sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer sensibly. Oh, I've uh, known some of those men. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm, yeah, again, I'm not going to do the work. I'm not going to look into this. Um, but I saw a TikTok video that was 10 seconds long, and I have the answer to this, and you can't refute me, right? It's like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, yeah, people can come and tell you the truth, and you won't, you won't hear it. So the sluggard is a big culprit right. in the book of book yep. of proverbs so don't make excuses right mm-hmm. don't 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 just live in fear continually don't don't live in you know laziness continually it's amazing how legitimate things can very often be right. you know grow into simple excuses over time mm. we see a lot of advice about parenting a lot of advice about parenting which is good i mean the whole book is sort of a instruction manual for parenting because it's a father speaking to his his son right yeah but Proverbs 22, verse 15 says, Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline drives it far from him. Mm. Folly is bound up. So folly is something that is just naturally in the heart of a child, mm-hmm. meaning it's not that children are the problem. It's <laughs> when you're born, folly is, is present with you. You tend towards folly over wisdom. Right. That, well, that's you why, sin. That's why Proverbs 23, 13 would say, um, do not withhold discipline from a child. If you strike him with a rod, he will not die. So, yeah. He's fine. Yeah. yeah. I, I said to Laura, like, eh, he's fine. He's not going <laughs> to die. <laughs> Little slap on the hand. No big deal. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, this is someone that's like objectively true, right. right? Which is that children are foolish and they need 
you know, rod of discipline, as he's saying, like get a cane and beat your children. No, right. I think, I, well, you know, I don't think that's what he's saying. I think he's, I think he's saying have a intentional discipline process with your children. Yeah, and follow through and all that. Yeah. 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 And I'm all in favor of a spanking. Yeah. You know, again, it's not going to harm your child. Right. It's not. What will harm them is sin. Mm-hmm. And if you allow them to think that sin is a good thing, then you've failed at your one of your primary tasks as right. a parent. So you have to associate sin with harm, at least when they're very little, and then later the punishments kind of You're change. teaching the whole time through it. Like if I put Calvin on a timeout, he's like, like he doesn't, he's not that bothered by it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but he understands pain on my hand, yeah. that hurt, ow. Yeah. So. Yeah, amen. Along the idea of a family, since we're on that, it seems to be parent-family stuff. Um, this is a great one. Um, 27... Um, 15, a continual dripping on a rainy day and a quarrelsome wife are alike. <laughs> don't be that, Has- don't hashtag, be that wife. Hashtag not all wives. <laughs> hashtag, not all, <laughs> hashtag don't be that wife. That's what I'd say. <laughs> uh, praise the Lord, I don't have that wife. I have a great wife. So, and there's just some good ones. There's just, there's just some, some that I just have to point out. They don't, I don't really know how to categorize them, mm-hmm. but they're just good. Uh, Proverbs 26, 7. 26, 7. As a caveat, nor is my wife a like, absolutely, rainy day. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Praise the Lord. 26.7, you said? 26.7, like a lame man's legs which hang useless is a proverb in the mouth <laughs> this of has been your This has been your proverb recently? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know that, that you can you know the words to say, but if you're a fool, you never apply it. Right. It's there. You can use it. You can throw it out there, but you never do anything with it. It's right. useless. Right. For those of you who don't know, Brendan uh, uh, tore his Achilles tendon and had surgery, so he's a lame man for a little while. I'm, I'm a lame man, yeah. uh, but not in that sense. Okay. You're walking now. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> and then Proverbs 26, 11. You got to mention this one. Honorable mention here. Like yep. a dog that returns to his vomit Classic. is a fool who repeats his folly. Classic. Why do dogs do that? Don't know. But don't be like a dog. Don't return to your folly again and again. Now, we, we can see throughout the book is that, again, these are not just simple rules that have you know no exceptions no nuance there's exceptions to a lot of these rules mm-hmm. um, and wisdom part of wisdom is knowing how to apply and when to apply these proverbs right so we can we can be overly simplistic with them in a, in a way that's dangerous it's just silly and we see this because of a passage like proverbs 26 verses 4 and 5 it says Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him yourself. Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. So you literally have a negative command and then a positive command of the same thing. Mm -hmm. So what is it? Should we not answer a fool or should we answer a fool? And that's that's kind of pointing to the, the challenge of this book, which is there is a time to not answer a fool or a kind of fool that you don't respond to and don't correct. And there is a time and a, and a place and a person that you do do that with. Right. So this takes wisdom. Throughout right. the whole book, he's been pointing to this, that um, you need to know how to apply and how to think through this. Yeah. Things are complicated. And how do we get wisdom again? By, by looking to God, looking to his word, hmm. um, by worshiping him, right? But he is the fount of wisdom. Wisdom comes through revelation from God. Yeah, amen. Now, we'll, we'll just go to the very end to finish our time. Uh, Proverbs 31 we all know and love the Proverbs 31 woman, and uh, maybe all you ladies want to be like her. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I always hear it's funny. I think like there's two streams of thought in Christian culture. One is like be the the Proverbs 31 woman, 
right? Study this, memorize this, do all these things. And then there's also the stream of, it's like anti Proverbs 31 woman. You know what I'm talking about? Um, the, explain. It's the like <laughs> messy woman like theology. You know what I'm talking about? Like you're you're imperfect and that's oh. great. And in fact, we've been women have been kind of oppressed with passages like this because it sets this unrealistic bar Standard, of expectation yeah. and like, well, I gotta be the Proverbs 31 woman when I really I, I can't. You know, I know I'm shoving McDonald's in my kids' faces and I'm you know putting them in front of the TV all day. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And um, excuse to not be righteous. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. I think I think like understanding what this is about helps with that. Right. I I do I love that women would aspire to this. I mean, the whole Bible is full of an unrealistic expectation. That's part of the point, right? Yeah. That we can't meet the standard. And that's okay, but we want to aim towards that standard. We want to be right. more righteous, more like God, more of what God calls us to be. Yeah. Obey everything in God's law. Well, we can't, right? So yeah. but we still shoot for it because of Jesus, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's not just women. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think that that's that just to see this as a list of commands to women is the right way to understand it. Yeah. There's an application in that direction. But now think about this. If you're confused about what I'm saying, think about what the entire book has been up to this point. The first nine chapters were all about wisdom and folly, and they were personified into women. Right. Lady wisdom, lady folly. And so there's, there's a tension there at the beginning as to what is he talking about, the, mm-hmm. these women. And we see that resolved in lady wisdom, lady folly. The rest of the book is sort of the, the details of how to follow through with that, how to pursue wisdom and not pursue folly. Mm-hmm. But the women kind of drop off the map. Until right. the very end. Right. The very end, you have King Lemuel speaking about what his mother taught him hmm. in the beginning of the chapter, and then it ends with a picture of a woman who fears the Lord. Right. So my, my contention is that this woman, I'm not the first to say this by any stretch, obviously, but this woman is a depiction of wisdom. She's the final personification of wisdom, and she's the one you should marry. Mm-hmm. That's why we say the ideal woman is, is not a woman. <laughs> That dear woman, in this metaphorical sense, is God's wisdom, mm-hmm. seeking him, making that a part of your life. So now this, this whole poem is an acrostic. It's um, every letter of the Hebrew alphabet laid out. And so it's, it's written that way so you can memorize it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and this, this is the culmination of the book. This is what the book is all about. It's not just a bunch of commands to, to young men and at the end, like, oh, yeah, women too. It's... Look at what wisdom can bring into your life. She right. brings fruitfulness. We see her bringing good and not harm. We see that she's valuable. She's precious. She's more precious than jewels. Right. Huh. Who else has been or what else has been more precious than jewels in this book? Right. Wisdom. 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 That's what you should be seeking. Um, it, it brings, she brings blessing. She brings strength. She brings honor. Right. Her husband is praised in the gates of the city. All of this is speaking about things we've seen about wisdom earlier in the book. And so the idea is keep wisdom close to you. Make wisdom an intimate part of your life. Get wisdom and don't let it go. Right. right? Get this kind of a woman. And look at how it ends, verses 30 and 31. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Mm-hmm. Who? What does that bring us back to? Proverbs 1, 7. Yep. Proverbs 1, 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So fear the Lord. The book has come full circle, and we see that God is, is showing to us in all these different pictures 
the importance of gaining wisdom. Yeah, that's what this is all about. Amen. Um, well, how does the gospel connect to this? How does the good news connect to the book of Proverbs? Yeah, well, I think in a, a very simple way, uh, as we said, you're not able to f- to follow these proverbs. We're, right. we're just not able to, and so we, that means that we will die. Right. If if you follow some of these proverbs but not others, that still means you'll die. Right. So that's being been laid out already. We can't do what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And so, as we said last week, we have Jesus Christ, who is the embodiment of wisdom, who has come not just to show us wisdom, but to be wisdom for us, to redeem us, and to bring us into the, this wise kind of life that we couldn't live on our own. Right. So that's the hope we have. And, and we have this principle, really, in all of Proverbs of you reap what you sow. Mm-hmm. But in the gospel, that's the one place where we actually reap what God has sown. Yeah. We reap what Jesus has sown. Yeah, amen. He's the one who is true wisdom, and we get to enter into relationship with him and reap those benefits mm-hmm. by his grace. I also thought, you know, just Proverbs 20, verse 9 says, Who can say, I have made my heart pure, I am clean from my sin? We see a lot of things like this in the book of Proverbs. Who can say that I've made my heart pure? Well, we know that no one can say that, but the believer in Jesus Christ can say, Christ has made my heart pure. Yeah. Right. Christ exactly. has made me what I need to be. He has he's been faithful to me so that I now can live in faithfulness to others. He's been wisdom so I can now live in a wise way. Well, amen to that. Amen for Jesus. Amen. That's all we got for today. Uh, thanks for joining us to examine the book of Proverbs. We hope it's uh, helped you understand uh, this book. And um, yeah, we'll see you next week. For We're going to start Ecclesiastes, right? That's right. Sweet awesome. depression. Oh, it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Or meaningless, either one. We'll see you next week.